This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Thanks to this episode's sponsor, LLC, TLC. They are just doing an incredible job saving you money on your registration. Be sure to register your vehicles, airplanes, boats, street legal, side-by-sides, and trailers to your own Montana LLC, and you will pay $0 in sales tax. So go to LLCTLC.com for more information. All right, for this episode of the Monterey Special, I do have a special guest, a first-timer on the Collective Car Podcast, one of Arm Sotheby's car specialists, Evan Schoen. Evan, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, Greg. Good to see hey, you. And I appreciate you hey, I appreciate you being on here. We're going to jump to a couple cars that you find interesting in the sale. Uh, but before we do, I wanted to see if you could just tell us a little bit about your history with Arm Sotheby's and cars in general. Sure. I started with RM. I, I had a, a good friend, a, a man who became a good friend named Don Rose, who uh, started with RM Sotheby's, oh, probably about 15 years ago now. And he was an Aston Martin, still is an Aston Martin uh, specialist and uh, a very good one. And um, we stayed in touch and I got closer to the family, so to speak, over time. Uh, I woke up in 2017 one morning um, and asked myself what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Uh, I had uh, I had, had a, a, a really fun career working at Ferrari of uh, San Francisco for 12 years when it was the factory store. And before that, Lamborghini USA. I was a national sales manager when I was a kid uh, in my 20s. Um, that was quite a, 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 an education and uh, quite a great experience. Um, but I had, I had basically gotten my kids to the point where they were on their own and um, decided it's time to, to get serious about working again. And uh, I, uh, I put my name in the hat and coincidentally, Don was about to retire. Uh, so he uh, was kind enough to uh, introduce me to the powers to be. Um, and they took a look at my resume and they gave me a shot. And uh I have to say it's been it's been a very enjoyable journey. You know, when you work for a mark or a manufacturer, you know that product really well. But when you work at RM Sotheby's, every day it's a new car. Yeah. yeah. It could be a it could be a contemporary Ferrari or it could be a 1904 Stanley Steamer or a 1936 Duesenberg or 34 Duesenberg, excuse me, and on and on. So, you know, in order as you know, to do our jobs properly, we need to learn and be able to speak, you know, intelligently about whatever it is that we're representing. Um, so every day I get to learn. It's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, getting a scholarship to Harvard and going back to school. And yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's a lot more fun to go back to school at this age. Um, so no, that's really, good. it's really true because we've been pinging back and forth. I just bought a 66 Pontiac GTO and I've had a ton of fun digging into that and you were geeking out just based on the fun stuff I told you over the phone. So yeah, it is a, it is a fun job for sure. And I do want to do, maybe I'll do a special Lamborghini in the nineties or something, because you were in Jacksonville, Florida at the Lamborghini North American headquarters when I lived in Jacksonville and I went to that office and I remember it was like a white castle and they, the, the, the windows were so tinted black. I had, I climbed over the bushes and I put my, you know, my, face up against the window trying to look in and i saw uh, one of the lm 002s i saw a couple diablos and it occurred to me like a year or so ago when when we met two years whatever it was that you were probably in the building at that time that i was trying to look inside that building right yeah that was a special place um it was uh that was the uh the division of lee iacocca um the people that uh, uh that hired me and brought me on bought Lamborghini uh, from Chrysler. Um, I was living in LA at the time, working for the DuPont registry. And and anyways, we we all moved back to Jacksonville and that building was known as the castle. Um, and it was great. The uh, It had full paint booth, rolling chassis dyno, which became uh, kind of irrelevant once they introduced the four wheel drive VT systems. But uh, right. that, that was a neat, neat place to work. It was really, really special. And remind what? me to tell you a story about <laughs> eluding the Jacksonville police uh, and, and 
at that same building at that same time. Um, maybe, maybe we'll save that for a different day. It's, it's very let's funny. save that because uh, I know this Monterey special is already overpacked. But let's do a let's do a one-off 1990s Lamborghini just for fun <laughs> and get all the get all the stories from back in the day. I find that fascinating. So. Uh, I appreciate you being on the podcast. I do have uh, four or five cars that you are very familiar with, and I wanted you to just kind of give us the 101. We've been staring at this 1958 Porsche Speedster here, this absolutely really cool and unique color. So why don't you kind of give us an overview of this beautiful car? Yeah, this is a really, really neat story. As, as good as the car itself is, I like the story just as much. Uh, the current owner uh, bought it right around 1970, and it was red at the time. Um, he, uh, he lives up at Lake Tahoe, uh, Incline Village, and it's a great car climate, believe it or not. Um, anyways, um, he has enjoyed this car. It was his everyday driver for a number of years. Uh, decided to, he restored it once early on and decided to, uh, do it again, uh, back, I think in right around 2017, he started, um, brought it down to bare metal, not knowing its original color was slate gray. Uh, so they brought it back down to bare metal and, and did a proper restoration. He was very pleasantly surprised to find zero corrosion and no accident damage. He knew that he had never had an accident, but he bought it in 1970. It was a, you know, sure. 12 year old car, but at that point, um, and during the time that he owned it, or, you know, uh, still owns it, but for about, I don't know, 30 plus years, he went on a mission to try and find the original motor and it never happened. And during the restoration, um, it turned up, uh, he had advertised in different publications for, you know, again, 30 years or so it had turned up and it was right there in Reno about a mile and a half from the shop that did all the restoration work. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so at that point he had just restored the motor that was in it and upgraded it to super spec. So that motor, which is in the car still, has, I don't know, 1,200 miles on it. It's fresh, fresh as a daisy. At the same time, he told them, you know, buy the original motor and go through it. So that comes with the car as a long mm. block uh, for the next owner. So right. you've got a brand new fresh numbers matching motor that's sitting on a pallet um, <laughs> right next to the car. And uh, it's just a great piece. Uh the color combination I find very attractive, very tasteful. Um, I've gone through this car every way you possibly can. Um, and you know, they, they just did it right. They brought it again down to bare metal. Uh, everything's correct. It matches. He rechromed everything. He just did it right. Uh, and one of the things that I find really cool, well, first off, it, it comes with its original steering wheel. There was an optional wheel that's you could get back in 58 and that's on the car now. And, um, but when we were going through all that stuff and <clears throat> he has saved all the parts, the original wheels, by the way, decoded that comes with it. <clears throat> but, uh, he and his wife, they drove this car all over the Western United States and they procured back in the day, a set of Pan Am luggage, uh, from 1955 leather, oh. Pan Am luggage, which you could get. And that was what they put on the, on the luggage rack when they went touring. And so I said, you have to throw that in. And he yeah. happily did it. Uh, the man's 72 or 73 now. And, and he's, you know, at the point where he, he wants somebody else to enjoy this car. He's had a great run and really appreciate it. And uh, it just, again, ticks every box. It's numbers matching. It's all correct. Um, it's, it's never been in an accident. It's, you know, if you're going to buy one to tuck away, I think you could show this car anywhere and do really, really well or just drive it. And uh, I keep thinking of what I would do if I bought it. <clears throat> and I think I would take that motor that's in it right now out uh, and sell it on the open market. It's a nice motor. It's brand new. And probably put a, a hot rodded 912 motor in um, <laughs> and, and then keep the original uh, just with the car on the side for the next owner or, or whoever, or just keep it there. That, uh, it's a great car. It's also, in my opinion, priced really well. Uh, I think that this car, you could make a very strong case why it should be worth well into the 400 range. And uh, the owner agreed to uh, to give us a low estimate of 375. And that includes all of the parts, the original bits, and uh, 
uh, and that motor. So I, I think it's a, a more than a fair deal just as it sits. It's a good car. You know, it's funny because when I first saw this car, I love speedsters. The color threw me off at first just because I'm not used to seeing stone gray at all. And then, like he said, when I saw the interior, so the stone gray, actually, I don't know if it's because of the, does it have a light tint of green in stone gray or is that just? Uh, yeah, you could, you could absolutely say a bit of sage in there um, for okay. sure. Yep. Well, when I saw the interior, which is kind of a dark green, uh, it's just stunning color combination on these two. And you're right. This is the exact great car to have. You got the original engine. It's not installed. You don't have to worry about it. You can have fun with this thing. And it's in such wonderful shape. Um, awesome car. So the estimate's 375 to 450. So, all right. Well, that's the first one. I absolutely love that car. I can't wait to see that one in person. Uh, the next one is when you sent me a video on, and I'll have the link to this video in this description. You guys have to watch this. It's the 1957 Land Rover, and it's a Grizzly Torque. Tell us about this beast, because the video alone is insane. And for those that are not watching live, they're listening. It's like a sandy gray, I guess you would call it. But the two gas tanks on the front, which I love, one says gin and, and the other one says tonic. So you got your gin and tonic on the front of this thing. But tell us about this incredible rover. This story uh, is really great. Um, and I, I'm, I, I'm told that there's a motion, a major motion picture in, in process uh, telling the story of, of Robert Bateman and, and Dr. Uh, Bristol Foster. Um, these two young men back in, in the 50s were certainly naturalists. I think they still are. Um, Bateman went on to become a, a very well-known Canadian artist uh, and, and Dr. Bristol Foster is a doctor of biology. Uh, he's, he's gone on to do amazing things, in, including, I think he's produced 11 or 14 documentaries. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> but they had, uh, they basically had graduated from college and, and I think, uh, Foster came up with the idea, Hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we just drive around the world? And so they somehow put together the support to do such a thing. They ordered, they, you know, they, they're the only choice, the obvious choice, what car to do it in would, was a Land Rover. And, and they contacted Land Rover and had, a after the, 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 the series one car was built, this car, um, they sent it to Pilchers for, for the additional body that was put on it and with bunks and, and uh, a full visor and a few other cool options. And they shook it down in Scotland, uh, I think, in early 57. And then of May of 57, they started on their trip. Uh, and they went from Africa, all through Africa. And wherever they went <clears throat> with each country, uh, Robert Bateman would paint uh, a, a little, you know, mural, I guess not a mural, but a, a picture of their representation of that country, um, the thing that, you know, stood out the most. Um, well, and he is very skilled, like the paintings on the side of this thing are beautiful. And what's fascinating is not only the scenery that it captures or the, you know, the moment in time they capture, but the countries are listed underneath. And I would hazard a, a bet a few of these countries no longer exist anymore, considering this was, you know, yeah. 60 years ago or so, or 70 years ago. Just amazing uh, piece of history on the side of this Land Rover. You're absolutely right. Um, and Bateman's paintings, you know, arguably are worth a lot of money. Um, so if you were to buy this, you're getting a lot of Bateman paintings. But yeah, truth be told, I mean, that was the, those paintings were redone, um, certainly touched up during the restoration prog process sure. because you know, it was it was a bit of a derelict uh, as a very uh, costly uh, restoration. Uh, the receipts add up to over three hundred thousand dollars. Uh, it was done right, and um, and again, yeah, um, uh, Bateman went back and and made made sure that uh, it was all correct and done the way he you know initially did them, um, and it's just a fantastic story. And uh, you know, to to do such a thing, certainly nowadays, I don't, I wouldn't do it. I, I think that th these guys had real courage, um, but the world was their oyster, and and off they went. And, and I encourage anybody uh, to look at, at, watch that sort of three-minute video that Land Rover produced. Uh, it's very well done, and it, it gives you a real taste of, you know, what it was like for them. 
Uh, I know at one point uh, after they, they, they got through uh, Africa, they put it on a boat and went off to India. And uh, at one stage of the game, they, uh, they avoided a, a bicyclist and they flopped it on its side. Um, wow. So there they were. But a bus came along, stopped. All the people got out of the bus and helped them right the vehicle again. And, you know, that's in itself is a really neat story. And it tells you a lot about humanity and how kind people are throughout the world. And, you know, um, it's uh, it's a really, really special story. It actually brings brings a little tear to my eye just, just thinking about it. Um, whoever gets this, they're going to have something quite special that they can actually use and drive and run and, and do all right. those things with because it'll go forever. It's all been redone. Um, but it's also a really significant story. And, and you got to ask yourself, okay, so, you know, after the movies made and the world knows more about these two who are still alive, they're, they're, I've seen them in interviews. They're really neat men. Um, you know, you've got the grizzly torque. Um, you know, what would it be like to have the bullet car or I don't know, right? Yeah. So modern day times, the, the Cadillac they used in the movie Green Book, um, right. which is kind of a similar to anyways. Um, it's a really well, neat piece. What's really cool is I, if you're on YouTube, I've got the sighting where it shows that I'm assuming it kind of looks like they have the paintings in the order that they visited because you mentioned India mm -hmm. and then after that is Nepal and then a country called Skimmy. I'm sure I'm not saying that correctly. Then they went to Burma, then Thailand. Thailand's hilarious because there's a howler monkey and his arm is stretched up beyond the painting up into the bodywork of like, like he's hanging from the, the actual yeah, rover. Yeah. And then Malaya, I don't know, it's, uh, I'm not pronouncing that right. Then Singapore and then Australia. So just think about That's taking a modern, yeah, think about taking a modern car to those places, you know, or, or sport you or whatever. And this was back in 1957. Okay. So that yeah, was really a lot, awesome. lot of a lot of places there were barely roads and when you think about yeah you know again those countries today hard to drive through that that was a I think a 60,000 kilometer journey they took. Yeah. Uh, what an adventure. All right, so this really cool Ferrari Dino that's designated as an L series. So if you read our descriptions you'll learn stuff just like I did. So correct me if I'm wrong here Evan but um so when Dino produced these cars they first started with the 206 and then the 246 and through a variety of minor changes, they were categorized in different series. And the L series was the very first series of the 246. So it's my understanding that this is a, uh, a desirable Dino because it's early in the 246 production run and it's got some gorgeous colors. It does. I brought it back to its original color. Um, uh, I think it's called uh, technically uh, Celeste. Metallazo, uh, which means metallic. Um, and when I first saw it, um, I forgot about the towel, the terry cloth inserts that were on these cars. Because um, you see so many that have been redone over the years, and maybe they put chairs, you know, or Daytona style seats in or whatever, but that's the way the car came. Um, and so uh, it, it was restored very well, uh, all bare metal uh, by Mo uh, Modena Motorsports uh, in Europe. Uh, they've got a great reputation. Uh, this man bought the car from us, I think, in 17 uh, from our Paris sale. Um, he, uh, he is a perfectionist. He has seven or eight Ferraris, and they're all just perfect. When I got in this car... I quickly realized that I was the only person to actually wear shoes in this car, uh, probably during his ownership. Uh, he had a little, it still has maybe a little uh, Tupperware box in the, on the passenger side floor. And that's where he put his shoes when he drove the car. Um, that's how meticulous he is. But that's the kind of guy you want to buy a car from. Uh, you know, it's funny because I do not like this terry cloth interior in general, but I think today it's so retro and it's so different. It is actually really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's got to be about impossible to keep these things, you know, an, an original interior with this looking good. Like this one looks perfect, honestly. It's 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 all been restored. But the uh, the the kind of neat thing is, especially you know, uh, for example, this this car lives in Las Vegas currently. Uh, actually, currently it's on its way to Monterey. But <clears throat> in a warm climate like that. 
it's actually kind of nice to have that terry cloth behind you yeah. uh, versus hot vinyl hot black yeah. vinyl specifically um but this is a car that frankly if i got it i would i would just drive the wheels off of it um it's all you know it's got a clear bra on it so you're not gonna worry about getting dings or you know paint scratches um there was one minor flaw um when we got the car when we first started this process there's a little uh oh uh uh, tow hook underneath and that had hit something at one point. Um, and to his credit, the owner went back and made sure that was properly fixed. It wasn't a big deal, but it's about as good as you can get. I, I, I can't find flaw in the car. Um, the glass is original. You'll find a little delamination, but that's normal or an Italian normale. Uh, it's classic A certified. Uh, and again, <clears throat> I, you know, you can make a very strong argument why this car should sell somewhere in the sixes. Uh, you know, uh, Dinos have really gone crazy in the past couple of years, and and we've sold some bigger, you know, chairs and flares cars and stuff in the sevens and eights. And uh, so this car, uh, being as good as it is, I I, I can make that argument. Uh, but the man's fair. He uh, he gave us a low estimate of four seventy five. And I think that that is a bargain. I think mm -hmm. that anybody, if you were able to get it at that level, great, you've really got something. Uh, but it is an investment quality Ferrari and uh, certainly yeah, I, great colors. I love the colors, but I'm not going to ask you to pronounce it again because I know I could not. <laughs> Celeste Amitzicolato. How's that? Celeste. Wow, very good. <laughs> and right, how about we... Uh, 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 what do they call it? Not Grigio Alloy, but... Uh, uh, Azo California Azoro, color of the sky, if it was a contemporary car. Well, how about we end on another Ferrari, the two 2020 4A8 Pista. Uh, this is a really special car, very limited production, beautiful car. Uh, I am not as familiar with this car as, um, you know, I had to, had to look it up in the description to really understand how rare this car is. So tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So um, the Pista uh, Piloti. Uh, was only made available to uh, the the motorsports clients, um, and initially I think that the run was to be 40. Um, I know they made some more. I know they made some more because kind of everybody wanted one, and there was enough people that qualified. Um, but it's certainly the rarest of the 488, you know, piece of variants. Uh, it does have. Uh, an incredible array of options. Uh, these are all tailor-made things. And this particular car uh, with the carbon fiber wheels had a sticker, I think it was 546. Um, and uh, super low miles, 712 miles currently. It is, uh, if you wanted to tuck away a contemporary Ferrari, uh, it's the perfect candidate, I think. Um, they came in four colors. You could get them red, uh, blue, silver, and black, I believe. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's uh, I, again, I, I look at the, you know, I have to look at the, the, the value perspective. Um, I've recently learned about three cars, similar cars with actually more miles and less options that mm. have sold in the high eights. And wow. I've even heard of one in the low nines. Um, and this car there's no reserve. Um, so if you wanted to tuck away a great car uh, and one that's, you know, arguably one of the, it, it's quite fast <laughs> uh, and beautiful. Uh, this is a perfect candidate. Uh, it's a, it's an investment quality car. Uh, it's rare. There's safety in numbers. Um, so if a regular Pista is, you know, 625 to 650, what's this worth? Uh, I love the, the graphics package on it with the you know, basically the Italian flag draped over it, you know, and the way it's flared out at the different, you know, the front and the back, stunning graphic package on it. And I agree with you. If you're going to have one, this is, this is the one to have. So this will be really curious, you know, see if this uh, blows past that high estimate or not, because it does look like the perfect specimen, like you said. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, and uh yeah the 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 graphics is are in celebration of their win in 2017 the 488 win at le mans um it's a it's a it's a very cool car for a contemporary car i don't think most people really know about them yet i don't think they've yeah. hit the radar um well 
Yeah, Evan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and covering a few of your cars. I know we could stay here all day and talk about much more, but I've got to get back to the regular podcast because I'm throwing out like 20 other cars that I find interesting. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, uh, thanks for having me on, Greg, and, and great to see you and uh, look forward to seeing you again next week. This is a big Monterey edition, so I am going to work fast here because I'm trying to cover 30 cars from five different auction houses. I'm just going to give you top line of some of the cars that spoke to me as I reviewed all of the information. Fun stuff. Uh, I've been out a little bit. I had an emergency ap appendectomy this week, so I'm not quite 100% there. Words of wisdom, if something doesn't quite feel right on any part of your body, go to the ER, get it checked out. I'm glad I did because uh, apparently if I'd wait a little bit longer, it would not have gotten any better. So I'm glad to be back. Going to cover a bunch of stuff here. If you're watching on YouTube right now, we are streaming the RM Sotheby's website that did some type of revamp where there's this gorgeous video going on the homepage. So if you get a chance, check it out. If you if you spy really closely, you can see me for half a second bid spotting in, uh, in one of the shots there. So if you're coming to Monterey, be sure to find me. I have a special poker chip I'm handing out to people in person. I can't show you a picture. It, I can't do anything until... Uh, Friday the 18th, but it is a limited edition poker chip that I will be handing out that will have a lot of fun stuff linked to it. Also, be sure to check your email, check my Instagram, check my Facebook, check my YouTube. Uh, some fun stuff's happening on the 17th, and this is your heads up. So I am going to live stream the night of the 17th, approximately 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Obviously, I'll be out there in California. I'm going to live stream a fun event that you will be hearing a lot more about on this podcast in the coming week. All right, so let's kick it off here. A lot of stuff to cover. Like I said, I'm going to talk fast, so please pay attention. All right, the first car here, we have this Thursday night at RM Sotheby's. They have this Ferrari barn find. It's been in the news a lot. It was a really cool uh, barn find from, I think, the 1990s. Long story short, there's these cars that... Uh, need a total restoration, a lot of them. This one really piqued my interest because it's a 1965-275 GTB. It's an alloy car. And if you just know, you know, these alloy cars, there are only so many of them. I think there were 26 of them. I'm flipping through. Okay, it's a long nose example equipped with an alloy body and six carburetors. So that's pretty rare. I want to say there are 26 of them. And uh, the estimate on this one is two two to 2.5 million dollars well usually when you see alloys totally restored they're selling around six million dollars so this one seems like you you're getting in at half price yes it needs a total restoration but you have a couple million dollars in which to work with so seems like a bargain if it comes to alloy ferraris that cost multiple millions of dollars all right next this one's really nuts and it totally needs a restoration 1954 Ferrari 500 Mondial Spider. Now this one's super rare, 1.2 to 1.6 million dollars. One of only 13 built. This thing has been crushed in a wreck, but it is a very significant period race car for Ferrari. If you're watching on YouTube, I am flipping through some of the period photos now. That's where all the money is in the race history and the provenance of this incredible little Barchetta. So yes, it needs everything, frame straightened, everything. But uh, who knows, what what it's what is it worth afterwards? That I don't know, but um, I've got to believe it's probably uh, right on the estimate at one to $1.3 million. All right, next, this is not a Ferrari. This is a 1991 Mercedes-Benz 560 SEL AMG 6.0 liter engine. So uh, this is an early AMG car. And I picked this one because some of these have really gone through the roof. We had one in the Miami sale that I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it like tripled the low estimate. So the estimate for this one is 90 to $120,000. Uh, this is a good bellwether for uh, the desirability for these Mercedes early AMG cars. Has it slowed? Is it going to hit right in the mid estimate? Is it going to exceed the estimate by a lot? Uh, I'm really, really curious to find out. Beautiful silver with black leather interior. Looks like it has 74,000 kilometers, so around 45,000 miles. But a uh, very stunning car. I think that will be very interesting to see what happens. 
All right, next, I picked this one. It's a 1966 Shelby GT350 carryover car. I picked this one because when I was at the Mecham Indianapolis sale, they had like four, three or four GT350s. Now they were 1965, so they were even more desirable than this particular example. And three of the four did not sell, which was really surprising. And the one that did sell, I read a comment in Classic Motorsport Magazine about how it sold for number four money. So I'm curious to see how this one does. Now this is a 1966, but it's the most desirable 1966 as it's a carryover car, meaning that this was made up of uh, the, the remaining 1965 cars. So there's a few things that are carried over. I believe it's the rear brake ducts are functional. You can see this one has the five-spoke Kreger wheels, which are my absolute favorite. So it has some of the rawness of the 65s, but also some of the refinement and upgrades for 66. The estimate on this one is 30350. That sounds right on for a carryover car. There weren't that many of them. It has the rear uh, seat delete with the package tray. Uh, that was a 65 thing as well. Uh, all right. Next, if my cursor will cooperate with me. All right, so the next one is a 2005 Acura NSX T. Now, this one is pretty special because if you look at the chassis number, the last six digits in the VIN are 000001. So the first one for the last year of the first generation. All right, did you follow me on that? The first one for the last year of the first generation NSX uh extremely low mileage let's see only 249 nxxt examples built uh, for north america this one has 5100 miles long beach blue over onyx leather so a cool blue over a black leather interior so the estimate on this one is 225 to 275 i know you know the thought was this might go above that high estimate but we will see it will sell because it is no reserve at Monterey. All right, next one for RM Sotheby's I picked. 1973 Aston Martin V8. This is from the Living Daylights James Bond movie from 1987. I just picked this one because if you go back a couple weeks, I was in the Saratoga Automobile Museum up in Saratoga Springs, New York, and they had a James Bond uh, vehicle display there. Really nice cars, and it's just funny that now there's one for sale right afterwards so this one is 1.4 to 1.8 million dollars just to clarify this is not one of the cars that was in the exhibit but this is a beautiful car that has the james bond heritage as well as some uh some of the gadgets that q would have installed including skis which is pretty funny so check this one out if you like james bond go back a couple maybe a month or so ago look at my shorts feed for youtube and i did a quick short uh, video on probably six to ten of the James Bond cars from the Saratoga Automobile Museum. All right, next from RM, we have this 2001 Ferrari 550 Marinello Pro Drive car. This is one of the big cars for the auction, eight to nine point five million dollars. Uh, let's see, I'm not a Ferrari Pro Drive expert, so I'm going to read it straight from the bullet points here. A five-time entrant. In the 24 hours of Le Mans, the most of any 12-cylinder Ferrari chassis in history. Well, there we go. GTS class podium finisher in 2024 Le Mans. GTS class pole also in 2020, uh, 2002. First one was 2004. Second in 2003, American Le Mans series. Third in 2005, Le Mans endurance race. So big time Ferrari, uh, big time winner at a lot of races. That explains the high price for this car. Now you would think that eight to $9.5 million would be the most expensive car at the sale, but I will tell you there's many more high dollar cars. I'm not reviewing all of them, just a couple of the ones that caught my eye. All right, a big thing at Monterey this year, not a big thing, but there are three 1950s, early 1960s factory Porsche race cars. Now these are car these cars are tough to sell. This is RM Sotheby's 1956 Porsche 550A. Let's see prototype Lama Works Coupe estimates 5.5 to 7.5 million dollars. So these were hand built by Porsche. Obviously everything back then pretty much was, but these were the hand built race cars. I'm bringing it up because there's another one at 
Uh, I want to say Mecham I'll cover here in a second. I know quite well. And then a third one, I believe, at Broad Arrow. And these are tough cars to sell. And the fact that there's three of them on the island at the same time. Now, they're all slightly different. All, you know, the others, I think, are based on 356s. But uh, it's just interesting because it's a very specific buyer you're trying to find for these cars. And to try to find homes for three of them on one weekend, uh, it's probably not going to be possible. So I'm curious to see how these sell. All right, next, this is a, another Ferrari 275 GTB, but it's not wrecked. This one I brought up because it was formerly owned by Steve McQueen. So I did do a Steve McQueen episode a couple weeks ago, fun facts about Steve McQueen that were, was uh, because of this car coming to Monterey. So if you like Steve McQueen or have no idea who he is, just go back to that episode and I review it quite in depth. Just a beautiful car here. Um, estimate on this one is five to seven million dollars. This is one of my far favorite Ferraris of all time. All right, the next one from Arm Sotheby's. I just picked this out because I'm curious to see what happens. It's a 1997 Porsche 911 remastered by Gunther Works. So you always hear about the Singer Porsches. Well, Gunther Works has been doing this for quite a long time as well. They do charge a massive premium. I was listening recently to, I think it was Johnny Lieberman on a podcast, and it was kind of talking about the differences between Singer and Gunther Works. And Singer is more refined. Gunther Works is louder, uh, you know, a little bit uh, has a more raw feeling to them when you start them up and drive them. Now, this one is $1.1 million to $1.3 million. So I'm curious to see how this one fares. Singers have held their value in the aftermarket, in the uh, secondary market. And uh, Gunther Works always does a big display at the Quail uh, and all throughout the Pebble Beach weekend. Beautiful, beautiful car. All right, next is the big car for RM Sotheby's. It's the 1964 Ferrari 250 LM. Estimates 18 to $20 million. The 22nd, only 32 examples built. Raced at the 1968 24 Hours of Le Mans. Beautiful, beautiful car. Uh, this one is the biggest sale. This one will be displayed, I believe, in the lobby of the Portola uh, for RM Sotheby's sale. So definitely want to check this out. I believe the Pro Drive will be next to it, and then there will be another fun, interesting car displayed along with these two. There's also a couple private sale cars they have. Uh, Michael Schumacher, Formula One car, and then another really substantial Ferrari uh, that will also be in the lobby. So you could walk right in there and see you know $100 million worth of Ferraris staring back at you. So definitely worth the visit. And like I said, find me to get your poker chip. All right, the last two for RM Sotheby's. I just had to call this out. 1957 Jaguar XKSS, extremely rare. Extremely beautiful Jaguar. The estimate's 12 to $14 million. They only made 16 of these, I believe. They were uh, leftovers from the facing, famous racing car, uh, a D-type built for the street. This one's dark blue, red interior. I've always said British can do dark blue with red interior much better than the US folks can. Uh, one of my favorite cars of all time. All right, the last one for RM, I just had to call it out, another Ferrari 275 GTB. But this one's known as the Del Rio, and it's just gorgeous. It has this gorgeous dark green paint job you'll never see. It's the only one painted this color. Tan interior, uh, perfectly restored. The interior seats look like they're still original to the car. Some uh, custom options that were built in period, either by the factory or right after. Um, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful car. If it wasn't for the color, I would not have brought it up, but it is absolutely stunning. All right, we're going to move to Mecham now. Mecham has some interesting cars, and I hate to say this, but I'm starting with another Ferrari 275 GTB. But hang on, don't leave. Hang on a second. This one's very interesting, and the reason it's interesting is because I know this car personally. The estimate is 3.5 to 3.8 million dollars. This was a part of the Rick Grant collection out of Dayton, Ohio. Known this car for years. Um, this is one of those cars that was red with a black interior for years uh, when it was actually initially consigned to Mecham Kissimmee, which is not a great place to sell a Ferrari. It was red with black interior and it showed up, I thought it showed up as a no sale, but maybe it showed up as sold. Uh, I'm not quite sure on that. This car is interesting because it has some damage to it and um, 
It was on the back hood roof uh, bef on top of the rear windshield. And I bring that up because this car was sold four months ago and since then has had a total restoration, it looks like. And I'm curious because I cannot see the dent. So I'm really curious to see this car in person. The caretaker at the time was nervous about fixing it. I totally cannot see it in this picture. This is a black car. So you, you think you would be able to see it? Um, and was worried about the trim on the glass and all sorts of stuff. So it was not done. So I'm really curious to see if uh, this car, how it looks in person. I'm going to track it down. So check out my YouTube shorts. I'll put a little short video on there, seeing if I can see it at all. But it looks like they did a, did a great job fixing it. All right. The next one is also from the Rick Grant collection. This is one I thought was classified as being sold at Meek and Kissimmee. It is a BMW 507 Roadster. It's a beautiful kind of a kind of a maroon, but it's got more orange in it. I guess it's the best way to say it with the tan interior. I fell in love with this car the first time I saw it in person. It does not have its original engine, which is not unusual for these cars. I believe they were aluminum block. So not having the original engine is is does affect the price, yes, but it's not throwing up a bunch of red flags. All right, next one. All right, JDM car. So Mecham has a lot of uh, Nissans coming, like 240Zs, Datsuns. This is a Fairlady Z. I think it was 1972, but it's a Japanese uh, import. It's got the side mirrors uh, up on the front fenders. Um, it's really, really cool. Um, very, very cool car. So uh, I'm curious to see how that whole collection does. You don't normally see that many cars. And uh, truth be told, Mecham's not for, known for Japanese cars. You know, they're typically the muscle car, uh, classic 50s cars. So I will be curious to see how that entire collection sells at Mecham. All right, two more for Mecham I found interesting. Another Rick Grant car. This is a 1959 Porsche 718 RSK center seat. One of only six built this is the only car I thought that had a reserve on it when it went to Kissimmee because this is a very difficult car to sell. Uh, so again, not to belabor the point here, but there's three of these very specialized Porsches coming to Monterey. This one's 3.5 to $4 million. Uh, curious to see how it does. All right, the last one for Mecham is a 2011 Mercedes-Benz SLS AMG. This is the car, if I had the money right now, I'd buy. It's got the iconic gullwing doors. Um, it's well-built, V8, everything is super sweet on these cars. I just don't think these will ever go down again. The only danger right now is overpaying, um, but this is a beautiful, beautiful car. I think if you can grab one of these, do so. I saw one the other day, only had 6,500 miles on it, and it was white on white, and the owner had a standing offer from the dealer he bought it from for $325,000. He paid. Okay, next we're moving to Gooding. Gooding had quite a few nice cars, and I love the Lamborghini Muras. This is a uh, 1972 Mura P400 SV. If you're watching on YouTube, you can tell immediately why I picked this car because of the colors. It's a uh, almost like a metallic medium blue, but it's got the gold wheels and the gold rocker panel. Just absolutely stunning, stunning car. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the estimate is on this one. Let's see, 3.5 to 4.25 million dollars. That is a lot for this, uh, but it is an SV. I only made 150 or so SVs, so stunning color combination. Looks like it has white interior, which makes it even better. All right, next for Gooding is a 1914 Mercer Type 35J Raceabout. Now this is the only pre-war car I picked, and this is actually a brass era car. Estimates three to four million dollars. I picked this one because uh, I think it'll be an interesting bellwether for brass era cars in general. Is that market out there doing well? Uh, you know, is the younger generation gravitating towards these cars as I've seen them do? Just I don't know if they're at this price point. Will this car be bought by an 84 year old? I don't know, but I'm just curious to see how it does. Now, if you're not looking online, um, I would call this, or my wife would call this, a yellow Chidi Chidi Bang Bang car. And I used to always think calling any car a Chidi Chidi Bang Bang car was an insult until I looked up the book, 
Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and the original Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car was a 1931 Mercedes. So know that if you call something that, it is not an insult. <laughs> All right, next we've got this incredible 1962 Ferrari 250 GT short wheelbase car, silver with looks like tan interior. It's not letting me flip through the pictures. Here we go. Now, if you talk to experts about what is their dream car, if you can narrow them down to like two or three, a lot of them will pick not only the 250 uh, GT Ferrari, but the short wheelbase version such as this because they just look like a little bulldog, a beautiful little bulldog that is just so aggressive. Um, such a beautiful, beautiful car. A lot of folks, that's the car that is on their ultimate list. All right, one more from Gooding. This is the third Porsche, the 960, 1960 Porsche RS60. So again, not to belabor the point, this one is actually the most expensive, 5.5 to $6.5 million. Also, the only one that has paint on it, really. It has a blue on the bottom, which is pretty. So we will see. Will one of these sell? Two, three, none? Uh, we will find out. Be sure to stay stay tuned. The following week, I will have, next week, I will have a recap of some of these results. And I will also pick some of these cars I just reviewed to see how they did. All right, now we're moving to Broad Arrow and they've got one of my favorite cars, 1993 Vector 8 Avtec WX3 prototype. Estimates 1.5 to $2 million. So this is one of a handful of prototypes that came out prior to the W8, I believe, is how this whole thing works. Uh, if you want to hear more about the vectors in general, go back to my podcast with the vector experts from the Las Vegas Concourse Elegance. We dug into this deep. I mean deep. We were talking about suspension joints that are shared with Diablos, I think, at one point. It was a little too deep. Anyways, this is a beautiful car. I think it's one of two, potentially. I think the other one is actually a convertible. This was on display at the 1992 and 1993 Geneva Motor Show. I thought the last time it sold, it sold for around $1.2 million. So jumping up to $1.5 to $2 million is a pretty significant jump. Uh, 2,600 miles from new. Such a beautiful, beautiful car. If you can ever see one in person, any vector, I recommend it. All right, next is a cute little JDM car. I just think is neat. It's the, it's the one to have in my book if you're not going to get a R32, R33, R34. It's a little 1992 AutoZom AZ-1. Now, the reason these are cool is it's basically just as reliable as a little Honda or a little Toyota. But this little car has going doors, believe it or not. Very, very cool. The estimate is thirty dollars to $40,000. This is one I could see sell for forty-five dollars to fifty dollars to sixty dollars Things get just kind of heated uh, in the auction tent out there in Monterey. Now, one thing I wish they had on this website, which they do not, they have six pictures. They do not have a picture of it with the going doors open, which kind of stinks. But visualize, if you would, people. All right, let's see. Actually, I actually have a few more that caught my eye at Broad Arrow. This is a 1995 Honda NSX Type R. Now, I picked this one because of the estimate. five fifty dollars to $650,000. Holy guacamole. Now, it's white uh, with white wheels and a red interior. It's right-hand drive. Okay, things are becoming more interesting here. One of only 483 NSX Type R's built from 1992 to 1995. Optional air conditioning and stereo, less than 7,000 kilometers. So you're talking about 35, 3,800 miles. Okay, I get, I get why, but I think that estimate's still way too high. Um, so it's right-hand drive, it's low production, top spec, low mileage. I would put it probably around 350, 350 to four. So we'll see. If this hammers, that will be a new uh, high watermark for NSX's first gen. All right, another one that caught my eye at Broad Arrow was this 1965 Shelby GT350R. Same reason I brought up the carryover from earlier, except this car is even rarer. So if Meekum couldn't sell 65 regular, 1965 regular GT350s, Will it be difficult to sell one of 37 R models? Now the estimate is spot on, 900 to 1.1 million dollars. Uh, that's what they typically have been trading for. The only expect exceptions to that would be Ken Miles Flying Mustang. You know, the very first prototype one that sold for like four million dollars at Meekum twice. It sold for that amount. Um, I want to say there was another one that sold for over two million dollars, but 
900 to 1.1 is exactly what you want to see on this car. So curious to see how that one does. All right, the last one for Broad Arrow. I'm in love with this car. So this is a 1991 Isdera Imperator 108i. Now, this one I just found fascinating. It's a cool, futuristic, looks like it comes from the movie Blade Runner. Um, it has, what's really interesting, it has a Mercedes badge on the nose and it's powered by a Mercedes V8 engine. All right, I'm trying to figure out the pictures here. It's a gullwing door. So how many Mercedes gullwings do you see that look like a Lamborghini? Basically none. The estimate on this car is 800 to $1 million. This is one of my favorites for the whole weekend just because you never see them. It's a beautiful supercar looking thing. It's got the Mercedes badge. It's got gullwing doors. Uh, I just absolutely love this car. Beautiful, beautiful car. All right, thank you for sticking with me. We have three more, all three from Bonhams. Now, as of right now, Bonhams has the, the biggest car for the entire weekend. They have a 1967 Ferrari 412P Berlinetta. Now, this is a factory race car. I won't go into all the details here, um, but just know when you look at the price, it doesn't say, but uh, I've been told this is a $40 million car. So it's got all the nice pictures here it's been shown at uh pebble beach concord elegance um it's not the easiest to flip through their pages here uh, but beautiful beautiful car iconic ferrari it will if it sells it'll be the highest price paid for a car over the weekend i won't say it will be the highest price car over the weekend that's a little teaser for those of you who have been hanging out with me this long uh all right two more from bonhams the next one is 1996 Nissan Skyline R33 GTR Tommy Kaira. So this is a GTR Japanese domestic import, right-hand drive, uh, one of a handful built, uh, the special edition. Uh, let's see, I think it has 49,000 miles on it. I wish the pictures were up close. They're all very, very far away, but uh, I love the R32s, 33s, 34s. This is the 33 and it's a special edition and it's silver. Uh, very, very nice car. I'm curious to see uh, how these are faring. It's one of very few, if not the only one I could find that's selling on Monterey this weekend. So there might be some pent up demand with only have one available. Might go big. All right, the last one from Bonhams is a 2002 BMW M5 Touring. Uh, I love these BMWs. The E39, I believe is what it's called. And this is the wagon version. Get through all these other pictures first. Interesting, they don't have only have one glamour shot to start, and then they're all details of the engine bay. Thanks, guys. All right, yeah, very beautiful wagon BMW, my favorite generation. Uh, estimate is sixty to eighty thousand dollars. Just curious to see where, where we end on that. All right, that was a whole lot of talking on my side. Thank you for joining me. Whew, I'm wiped out. So, like I said, stay really close in tune to my YouTube channel, the shorts specifically. Friday the 18th. Please check it out. You will be blown away by everything you're going to see there. It's exciting times. Uh, this is one week until there's a lot of craziness going on and I want to share it with you. So again, check it out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Please share and I will talk to all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.